I just sense the ple- the pleasure of the Father tonight. You know, there's 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 such a difference between acknowledging Him as God or even Lord and acknowledging Him like a little child. Abba, Father. There's something that happens in His heart when we come to Him with that type of sentiment, with that type of desire when we come to him and we say father (laughs) and you know you can get religious with anything you really need like that's we might talk about that a little bit tonight we'll see what god wants to do but we can use that word father 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 god father god praying you know and 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 kind of sometimes lose track of the intimacy and the importance but when we come to him with that in our heart, with that that childlike faith, that childlike dependency on Father, it does something to his heart. Because, you know, the angels can't really come to him the way that we can and be like Father. You know, we have a song that the angels can't sing, a song of the redeemed. He's placed the spirit of sonship on the inside of us and made us one with him. <laughs> oh, so I feel the pleasure of the father tonight. And I just felt like sharing that tonight in my heart because it's something that I, something that I am making myself aware of on a regular basis is the fact that that intimacy of Abba father coming to him like that does something to his heart amen hallelujah well i want i want to give an opportunity tonight for to honor you know our brothers and sister and our pastor who went down to brazil and hooked up with an awesome ministry down there i haven't heard much i've seen a little bit on face i don't do much facebook anymore i just kind of you know, make sure I don't have any important notifications for my business and more or less just kind of avoid it, <laughs> especially with all the election facts that pop up under everybody's post now, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> whatever, that's a whole different thing. But what I want Rick and Skylar to do is and I want I want you to share your heart. You know, t- I'm not we're not on, I don't think anybody's in a hurry tonight. You know, I don't. I can preach. I cannot preach. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I have a message, but we'll see. I really want to hear and honor what, what God did down there because I wasn't there. You know, God didn't call me to go down there this time, um, you know, but I definitely want to to honor those things. Amen. So who, whichever one of you guys want to go first. And like I said, share your heart, summarize it, testify, whatever, and exhort encourage people of, of what you experienced and maybe how we can do that as well. Okay. You guys want to hear some testimonies or you're not going to. Okay. Because we're saving it for Sunday. Sunday, we're going to have testimonies and we're going to share everything. I'll share right now about our trip. Okay. But I'm not going to share any other testimonies. You guys need to be here Sunday for that. Okay. Because they're amazing. We were wrecked. I mean, um, I'm just going to ch- share about our trip. You know, uh, it was it was amazing. It was heart wrenching. It was um, beyond anything they could you could ever imagine. Um, just going to sh- share like what what we went through and stuff like that. So our days start out. I don't know if you guys seen pictures of our hotel. The hotel was amazing. It was awesome. Um, we all got our rooms with room. I, by the way. I shared my room with Devin. Devin looked alike. To me, he looked exact. I, f- I found quite a bit of people over there that they're doubles. People that I knew, they're doubles. Okay? It's, it's really, it was pretty amazing. Anyway, we'd start our, our day off. We'd, we had a, a nice setup of a buffet breakfast, you know, and then we'd uh, eat, and then we'd load up in vans and go to this church, it was an amazing church. It was like in the middle of the slum. Uh, we, we didn't know not till days or till D 
the end of the week that the river, the Amazon River was right on the other side. But all these slums are on the river, okay? And it's where these big giant factories are at. Sony is there, Procter & Gamble, um, Gillette, Honda, all these big factories. And by the way, these people's minimum wage is not by the hour, it's by the month. It's equals to $200 our uh, US, $200 a month for these people. That's minimum wage. So that's why the slums are just so, so just um, so bad. There's hunger. There's people that are just there. Uh, they need God. They need Jesus. They need Jesus big time. I found that um, people there are. Let me tell you about this church that we went to every day to, to pump up, to get charged, to get ready to go out. If you guys think that this church is wild about uh, uh, worship, haven't seen anything. These people are pumped up. The band they have was every day a Holy Ghost mosh pit. Mosh pit. People just, just, just going to town. I mean, craziness, craziness. Uh, uh, Skyler, right into it. He's dancing around, just jumping and loving the Lord. You, you, you are wrecked. You could hear the music as you start coming into the place. Van, they shipped us in vans, so there was like three vans. We all got in vans and, and got to the place. And as you're getting there, more and more people are showing up. There was like a total of 60 of us all together. Handful of Americans, and the rest were Brazilians. Brazilians that um, came from all over Brazil, all over the country. There's, and then uh, there's like, I think there was like nine or ten students that go to uh, Doug Rowland's Bible school. They called it the base. Um, yeah, but they're, they're consumed. Fire, fire coming out of them people. So we had the ones that were already saved, the people already saved, fire. They're on fire. They're lit. Everybody else, cold. People out in the streets, cold. There's no lukewarm. There's just one or the other. You hit the people in the streets, and they're like, nobody's ever told them about Jesus. No. And then you ask them if they'd go to heaven. No, they wouldn't go to heaven. Not one said, uh, yeah, or maybe, or they say no. Even, I've heard even some said, I, very little said, yeah, somebody's told them about Jesus. But when you ask them about heaven, they say no. Okay. So you could see how, how ripe the fields were. I'm not going to get into that part because you're going to save that for Sunday. There's amazing testimonies. I mean, God moved every single day. But we'd get all wrecked every day at this church. And, and then we'd hear uh, uh, Doug Rowland. He'd have a word for us. We'd get out of there by about 1.30 maybe and hit the streets. And we'd hit some streets that were just terrible. I'm sure some of you saw some of the pictures of these houses. Some of them are they're just real narrow streets. Everybody's living on top of everybody right next. Nobody has a yard. It's just right next to each other, next to each other. We went to streets that got narrower and narrower and narrower to where we got to one where you had to walk single file. You, nobody could walk next to you because they were so narrow. And, and as you're walking through this wall, walls on both sides, they're actually houses. A door here, a door here, a door here, a door here, a door here. So we're knocking on these doors. And there's, like I'm saying, there's about this much room where you're walking through. And there's a wall here and a wall here. Doors, doors, metal doors. Everybody's got metal doors. They got metal railings. It's like there's a lot of um, violence, I guess. Uh, but there wasn't any when we were there. None at all. Presence of the Lord walked through with us and... It was uh, other other streets that we'd knock on doors. We didn't even get to knock on some doors because people are just, there's people walking everywhere. We went, the first day we went maybe a block and a half. 
That's how far we went. We got, and then we had to go because we'd knock on the door, and then there's 20, 30 people walking in the street in this little alley-looking thing just to go out to the street somewhere, and they're just passing you. Come up here. Yeah, most people were just walking by. They, the fish were jumping in the boat. <laughs> they were literally jumping in the boat. And there was only one time, too, that I think someone said, like, they didn't want to, uh, us to talk with them. But, like, because they said that they were too busy. But other than that, everybody would sit down and talk. Yeah, and I didn't really get that. But, but everybody is on, you know, either on fire or cold. You know, but it, it was it was it was an amazing trip. Uh, God moved every single day, every single day. Um, some of the testimonies we have, I'm I'm telling you, they're only God could do. God did healings every day, every day there was healings. Uh, this whole trip we did, it was like 2,300 in the streets that gave their life, and and. And it was, that, that's not the total, okay? Because another 5,000 gave their hearts to the Lord at the crusade. Okay? It was a total of 73, over 7,300 in one week. And in the streets, we'd only get out there from about, the earliest was 1.30. There and there's times that we even went later. And every day, we'd walk out with food for everybody. And that food was really appreciated. Let me tell you, out of those people that work in those factories that only make uh, $200 a month, a lot of them are addicted to drugs. So a lot of that money doesn't even come home to the people. As I talked to people, they, they were telling me that, you know, the, the main bread earner doesn't even make it to their, you know, the, the money. It goes to drug dealers. There's a lot of drugs in those areas. There's a lot of, there's places that we went to that we were told right away, don't take pictures because um, of the drugs that go around. And a lot of these people are, um, are wanted by the police. So you can't be taking pictures because they're going to think that, you know, you're going to show the picture somewhere. It really didn't matter. I followed the Holy Ghost and I still got some pictures in different places. There is some places where I didn't pull my camera out, though, you know, and also because they didn't want you, somebody to come by and take, oh, check this out. All these places, they're, they're, they're hungry. They, they don't have food. But you know what they do have? Cell phones. Their slums have cell phones everywhere. They have internet in their house. You see the routers hanging in, in the wall. A one room house they all live in the one room it's the living room it's the kitchen it's the bathroom it's everything there's a toilet right there in the corner that's how these houses are you can see an opening out to the back and it's just open but they have cell phones seen a little girl just playing game on her cell phone never know where that we went i don't know if you experienced it but nowhere did we go and we did not have internet service. We actually had inter the drug dealers set up the uh, internet services for these people in their homes. In the communities. Yeah. They had to make, in fact, how bad it was is they had to make the uh, electricity free in most like um, areas. Because it was, they had to make the electricity free in lots of areas because... It was really bad with um, people hacking into like the or like, like what is it called when you splicing the wires so they could get more um, so they could get the electricity to all the houses so they just had to make it free in certain areas. It was that bad. Uh, another thing they all have is flat screen TVs. All the all the homes, everywhere. People just you know. Uh, they all have it, everybody, every single home, nothing, no food, mind you, 
no food, but their TVs are on. And they're not no little ones. They're, they're pretty big. It's amazing how the enemy is just controlling all these people. Yeah. And the media there is just as bad as here. Okay? They're all a bunch of lies. All a bunch of lies. It's, it's terrible to see what, what, you know, how the enemy controlling all these people. With, with the same thing that he's controlling people here in the United States. With the same thing. Yeah, and, and I'd, li I'd love to tell you some of my testimonies and what really some of the, you know, details of what happened. But you guys need to be here Sunday. For sure you need to be here Sunday. Because it's what you guys are going to find out and see. And a lot of stuff we even have on video. It's, um, it's amazing. And, and nobody can just sit here and talk to you and tell you. Except if you watch on on the videos because it's amazing Amen. in my heart oh man he's uh in when i left here when i was on plane i um i i prayed and i told you know i i, I just prayed that i would be here be there i'm not coming as rick I'm coming as Jesus. I'm coming as Jesus' hands, and I'm coming as his feet and his mouth. And that happened. Okay? Um, I, in, in my presence, there was miracles happening. There was, there was signs. There was wonders. There was amazing. Um, I, I mean, my heart was broken for people. Just that, you know, and, and my... I'd hear the Lord. I'm going to tell you one thing. Um, we went to one, this old lady answered the door. And uh, we were told since the beginning not to give people money. Okay? Not to give people money, that it was real important. Um, so that was one of the rules. But we went to this one place, and it was really terrible. It was really bad. They were really, really hurting, I could tell. But this lady came out, and I wasn't the one preaching for them. Um, some of the one of the Brazil people, and they hit her up and they asked her if you know if anybody's ever told them that God loves them. She says, "Oh yeah, I got Jesus in my heart, you know." And um, do you know beyond a shadow of doubt you'd go to heaven? Oh yeah, for sure. Why? Because I have I'm born again. She was on fire, you know, old lady, and. Um, they were talking to her. I couldn't understand what they were saying. They were talking in Portuguese. But the Lord was ministering to me. Telling me, I love this lady. I love her. And I need you to bless her. And I'm like, you know, okay. And I'm obedient. You know what I mean? So, and it was just awesome what the Lord was telling me about her. He was breaking my heart. And, you know, that um, how much he's pleased with her. <sighs> It was amazing. So I told our leader, I, you know, I called her over and said, you know what? I said, I know we're not supposed to do this, but the Lord's telling me to bless this lady. And she goes, oh, we're not supposed to. I said, I know that, but I, I'm obedient and I, and I need to do what he's telling me to do. She goes, okay, then just wait till everybody goes down. Because we were, this house happened to be up above some stairs and they all went down. It says, wait till the whole team goes down. And then just do what you need to do. And I said, okay. Uh, so when it was all over, they started to walk down. And I grabbed her. And I said, but I need you because I need you to translate for me of what the Lord just told me. You know? So I told her, you know, to, to tell this. She started to tell this lady how uh, the Lord was just telling me that he's really pleased with her. And how, you know, she, he loves her heart and everything. And that he wants her blessed. So I grabbed her hand and I put a um, hundred real reels, and that's like a lot for them, in in her hand. And she thought it was a piece of paper at first, and then she looked and she was like, "Oh!" She started crying. It was like it, it really blessed her heart to see that, you know, um, that that was God. You know what I mean? That was God, and and he he worked through us. It was amazing. 
it was amazing. Oh, man, I, I could just go on and on. I'm telling you. I mean, I prayed for a lady that was 102 years old. Okay, I, I'm, and that's as far as I'm taking that because you, you're going to hear Sunday what really happened. That was amazing, too. Um, w- one of our uh, guys that was with us on another team, uh, he uh, prayed for some lady that couldn't get up, and she, she had, I don't know, something in her bones, but ended up dancing. She had, she was 97 years old, ended up dancing with her. Yeah, Frank, guy named Frank, old guy. Uh, pastors know him. I guess they've been to different ones with he him. He travels a lot and does yeah. a lot of missions. Yeah, so. But you guys need to be here Sunday because it's going to be off the hook. God moved. God moved. He did some awesome things. Okay, he did some awesome things through us, and it's just, uh, it was just so amazing to be part of something that God, I was a, a vessel that he used, you know, and it was just, uh, um, I, I'm besides myself right now, but Sunday, you, I mean, when I can actually tell you, I don't want to spoil it, okay, uh, and we, he, Zeke's got to do a lot of work on our, all our videos and our pictures and everything. To put it all together, and that will tell the story more, more better than I could right now. Oh, I know you will. <laughs> but he wrecked us. He wrecked us. It, it was an everyday wreck. Every day. Yeah. It was awesome. I don't want to say too much because it would spoil everything. But we were waking up. I was waking up at 7 every morning. Um getting breakfast and then we go to the church at 8 45 and then we have our services and t- they're supposed to only go to 12 30 but they usually went until 1 30 <laughs> so like there's a couple of days where it went to three o'clock so we only had like an hour to uh go actually preach to people that place was intense wait till you see yeah, that it place was crazy. That, i just got it so then we were out there till 4 30 and then we had to go back to um, – we would go back to the hotel, but only for, like, 10 minutes to get changed and stuff because we would go to the um, mall and eat food. We only had, like, maybe 35 minutes of rest every single day because it's crazy. And then we go to night service at – what time was it, 6? At 6. Every yeah. night there was every a service at night. different churches. They'd every, separate us. Those services would usually go on till 10 or 11 o'clock. Yeah. It was just crazy. And then we'd come back and eat pizza. <laughs> yeah, then we come. So we were up to like, yeah. Pizza, it's, it's totally a, different. It's, it's a lot different. It's better too. But then we'd go to bed at like 3, 2, 3 o'clock every single night. It was crazy. I want to tell you too that days. the girls were after this guy right here. <laughs> he was so tall. They all wanted to take pictures with him. Wait, I, I got some pictures with all these girls standing around him. I mean, they're like coming up to right here to him, but and they're all like. We would have had a lot more pictures too, but you kind of learn how to just cover your ears and run. Yeah, we, we had to go, you know, because we're on timelines and stuff. And everybody, everybody wants pictures with Americano. It is crazy, though, being able to see everybody like raising their hands in the crusades and stuff and just on the platform. Something Did you guys different. see the pictures of the crusade? Do you see the multitudes? Multitudes. Multitudes. Well, all those people, when they prayed for them, were on the dirt. There's, It's powder dirt. Okay? Powder awesome. sandy dirt in that field. And everybody, everybody was on the ground. <laughs> everybody was on the ground. It's amazing. When you do um, youth, you're going to have to use him because you know what? He's got a lot. I'll say one thing right now. It completely rearranges your life and how you think about things. Like completely. You never think of anything the same again. When you go down there, everything's different. Like the way you see people, the way you think about certain things. Like it's just crazy. I've seen what the Lord did in his life. Absolutely. Every day. And, and, and since the first day, they had him with his dad. But he said, no, 
take separate me. So he got separated. We were all separated with with Brazilians and we we found a you know a handful that speak English a little bit. So I, I was a, a little bit. I found people who speak Spanish, and then the, the Portuguese was a. I could speak and they could understand me more than they could more than I could understand them because for some reason they use the j sound a lot you know it's like my name ricardo they call me gicardo yeah so it, or you know, ricardo yeah so ricardo. you know it was different and and you know what one thing too that i i since the first night and we were outside and um it was a service like in a park across the street from the police station and it just got jam-packed people from all over came and um after when they, when they um did a um uh altar call and then seeing people start praying for people and i'm like man i don't have any interpreter they're all busy right now and then i thought I don't need an interpreter. Why do I need an interpreter? I'm not, I, they're, I'm not leading them to the Lord. I'm praying over them. So I just went loose, started praying, laying hands on everybody, praying in English, Spanish, and Holy Spirit. And people were receiving because you know what? When I'd say certain things, they'd say, oh, yes, yes. People falling out. I had people going in circles. You know, it, it was amazing. Um, amazing. I, and I, like I said, I, I just want to stop there because I, I don't, I'm going to start saying things that <laughs> we, we want to say for Sunday. Amen. Thank you, Lord. All like I said is thank you. Thank you. And thank you for anybody who, you know, you know, sowed seed into this because this is just amazing. I know you all sowed seed absolutely into the ministry. Thank you. And also too, it's crazy because when I was out there, the most, the best times that I had was when it was only me and the translator, and there was no other English-speaking people there. Amen. That's awesome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you. God, we rejoice in who you are and all that you do. Father, we honor you. Thank you. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to hear more. I'm probably going to bug him before Sunday and try to get some stories out. <laughs> hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, hallelujah. I feel like I want to encourage everybody tonight with, with the word a little bit here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, Raylan, if you can, we're going to be in the TPT. Uh, Galatians chapter 5. I just want to cheer everybody on tonight. I want to talk a little bit about perspective. Amen. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to take too long because I'm already cutting probably about half of the scriptures out. Hallelujah. But I do feel like encouraging everybody. Is this the right scripture? Your name is All right. Galatians chapter five or six. When you're placed into the anointed one and joined to him, everybody say, I'm joined to the anointed one. Born again. Circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. That's the Passion Translation, y'all. I've read this verse hundreds of times in the old King Jimmy, in the Amplified Classic, and the NIV and the New American Standard, all these different translations. I grew up with this verse. This is a verse for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor, nor uncircumcision avails much, but faith working through love. 
But you take this and you put this in the in the Passion Translation, and it and it's just it's it's phenomenal. It's awesome. But the point that I want to make out of this is that being born again, being in Christ Jesus, isn't about being religious or or not being religious, about doing the right thing or not doing the right thing. It's about living in faith that is activated and brought through perfection by love. See, I've been around the faith a long time, the word of faith, you know, revival and stuff, and I've seen people try to try to do the do the faith, you know, confess in scriptures, which is good. It's not a bad thing, right? But what I want to talk about is is that sometimes the element that we we forget about when we get when we get to talking about faith is that your faith works through love. Amen. Your relationship with the Lord, everything goes through that. Amen? Don't allow yourself to get in a religious rut. Amen? Don't fall into a ditch. Because a ditch is the same exact thing as a grave, except for the ends are kicked out of it. Don't fall into the ditch. Never lose perspective and priority of your your love relationship with Heavenly Father. Amen? When you are placed into the anointed one and joined to him, being religious and fulfilling religious obligations can benefit you nothing. All that matters now is living in faith, in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. Your faith, these things that we're doing, we're saying what God says, we're reading the word, amen, we're believing in our hearts, all that is activated by your love your trust, your surrender to Heavenly Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, God, we honor you. I'm trying to... Let's just go to Romans chapter 5. This is a really good chapter. I want to challenge everybody to go back and read this. This is one of my favorite chapters. I have a lot of favorite chapters. I say that a lot. But when I read this, it's like, it's almost like the Apostle Paul is like an excited kid. How many of you guys ever heard like an excited kid tell a story and they start off? And then, and then, and then it's just like they just keep building and building and building. This chapter is awesome, man. And it kind of brings it out a little bit more in in the uh, Passion Translation. In verse 1, we'll just start. Our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us. And now he declares us flawless in his eyes. Amen. This is another verse or section of scriptures I've read hundreds of times. And it's just a whole different thing now in the TPT. I wouldn't say a whole different thing. It just brings out a different light. It's so much more passionate. The Passion Translation. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Amen. We can enjoy true and lasting peace with God. All because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into his marvelous kindness that has given us perfect relationship with God. I'm going to read that again. Verse 2. Our faith guarantees, and our faith works through love, relationship. Amen? Our faith guarantees us permanent access into into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. Faith working through love. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. You guys with me? <laughs> this is this is phenomenal stuff, dude. This, like I said, when I when you've read something so many times in a different translation and you read it in something like this, it's just like. <laughs> but that's not all. Even in the times of trouble, we have a joyful confidence, knowing that our pressure will develop in us patience. Now, this is one one point I wanted to kind of kind of hit on. Um, I think it's the King James talks about how tribulation will will produce patience. Let me let me check this real quick. Um, verse six, I think it is. And not only that, we know we also glory in tribulations. Know that tribulations produces perseverance, 
Now, I want to talk about this just for a second because it's important where we're going. Now, the tribulations isn't what's going to produce character. That's what we're ultimately talking about here. What tribulations is going to do, it's going to squeeze you, right? And just like if I squeeze this bottle of water, whatever is in this bottle is what's going to come out. And what I want to talk about for just a second here is when we go through stuff with the COVID and BLM and social injustice and fraud and elections and like everything that we, this last year has been nuts. It's been like a squeezing. There's been a tribulation going on. And whatever's on the inside of you is what's going to come out. Amen. And what we got to do is we got to be real with ourselves and real with the Lord. Amen. And deal with the stuff that's coming out of us. Because if you squeeze an orange and you don't get orange juice, there's something wrong with that orange. If you squeeze, if you, if you squeeze a Christian and you don't get Christ coming out of them, there's something wrong with that Christian. Right? And I'm not sitting up here shining my, my Jesus badge and acting like I've arrived. But I see this thing and I keep it in my perspective. It's something I'm aware of and it's something I want to encourage everybody with. Amen. Is that when we go through stuff and we stumble, we screw up, we miss it. Be aware that don't make an excuse. Don't try to blame nobody else. Own that thing and say, Father, what is this thing? Let's just jump over to Psalms 139. I don't know if I read this in the TPT, but we're going to do it right now. I think it's 24. 23 and 24, I believe. <laughs> mm. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties. And see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way of everlasting. Amen. We have the standard of God's word. The example that Jesus made. And when we get squeezed, when we go through something... And what Jesus, if, the, how many guys remember been around long enough, the WWJD bands, what would Jesus do? If you did something that Jesus wouldn't do, don't, you need to figure that thing out between you and Heavenly Father. Now that it's out, don't try to throw a newspaper over it like somebody pooped on the rug and you're just going to, I don't know who did that. I don't know, that's not me. <laughs> Go, right? Deal with it. Because it's so important. We can be deceived in our own hearts. It's a real thing, y'all. Like, it is a potential thing. There's so many people that are, that are sincere. They'll go to their grave, but they're sincerely wrong. And I can think of 100 examples right now. Sincere, but sincerely wrong. They believe in their heart that they believe in their heart that what they're doing, what they believe is right. But they're wrong. Because it's easy for deception to get in there and to cause this thing to not to see and live right. And we need the searching eyes and heart of our Heavenly Father who's perfect and He loves us. We need His help. We need His counsel. We need His love to help fix us and iron us out. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. I somehow switched over to NKJV. Let me try this in the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I invite your searching, searching gaze into my heart. Whoo! This has got to be your heart. I'm going to let you know. If this isn't your heart as a son, or a son or daughter of God, you're playing around with religion. That's what you're doing. Now, there's a difference between not knowing these things and getting stuck, and you, but now that you have an opportunity, this has to be the purpose and the point of your life. This, I'm a son. I need a father. I don't know it all. I never will know it all. But when I come to my father, and say, God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. 
Examine me through and through. Find out everything in me that may be hidden within me. See, there's stuff that's hiding in your heart. It's been covered over. There might be a callus there or something. That there's no feeling because of something that somebody did to you a long time ago. But out of the heart flows the issues of life. That there's stuff in there that, that doesn't belong there that is, that is ultimately evil and unpure before the eyes of the Father. You need him to examine you through and through and find out everything that may be hidden within you. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. See if there's any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting ways, the paths that bring me back to you. It's possible to be deceived in your own heart. And we have to have the perfect father, the perfect shepherd, the spirit of holiness to help us sift through all of it. Every single part. Examine me through and through. And it's a process. God knows that like if you lay on the floor and you're in his presence and you're submitting, he can't do it all right then and there because it'll take you out. You'd be, you'd be done. You burn up, <laughs> you know, but little by little. And now, you know, when, like, I'll use myself for an example. When I came to the Lord, there was so, there was, like, I had no idea where to start. I was a drug addict, addicted to pornography. I partied, I cussed, I smoked cigarettes. <laughs> I mean, just like the whole, like, as evil and wicked as it could be, that was me, you know. And so there was, there was a lot of stuff that was very obvious, that, that went away, that was in my heart. But see, there's a lot of little things too that God continues to show me and continues to show me. Amen. And it's to the degree that you surrender and you allow his power to work within you. And that's why we're so, we're so, you know, it's such an important emphasis in this ministry that we press in during worship, that we give ourselves youth, that we give ourselves and don't sit here and play around and let, let the songs go by and let, let the anointing and the, play, the presence, but to press in and to allow him to search you through and through. Because I don't care how old you are. If you've been breathing on this earth, there's seed that's been sown in your heart that is not from God. Even our children are having seeds planted in their little hearts. And we need the searching eyes. God, I invite, we have to invite our Father's searching gaze into our heart. Amen? Otherwise, every single time we experience a tribulation, we get squeezed, something comes out and it ain't Him. And it's not Him. It doesn't represent Him. It's not what Jesus would do. It's not what Jesus would say. The only remedy for that is not being religious, not being a good little Christian, right? Because how many of you guys know you could put a lion in the cage, but you still have a lion in the cage? If you don't want that lion to eat that lamb, you better change the nature of the lion because otherwise it's going to get hungry and it's going to tear that thing up. Amen? And we need the, the, the heart to be changed within us. You know, I've always told our youth, like, I don't, I don't care about behavior modification. Yes, you should use your manners. You shouldn't be a disrespectful little brat. You know, because every mind, I'd tear that behind up. But I can't do that with other people's kids, obviously. <laughs> Illegal <laughs> nowadays. I used to hear stories of my elders telling me that they'd do something wrong in the neighborhood and they'd catch a whipping all the way down the street from every single different parent. <laughs> I'm like... See, I don't know, man. Back when I was a kid already, man, you know, somebody tried to put their hands on on their on other people's children. It was it was a, a whole thing. Now it's like full, you're going to jail. You're you're pieced out. <laughs> but my point is 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 that behavior modification isn't God's goal. He doesn't want a bunch of robots. He wants heart transformation. Because God knows that if if your heart can be transformed to what he wants it, what he sees it, then your whole life will reflect that. 
my life is now a reflection of my heart. It always has been. My life has always been a reflection of my heart. You know, and, and, and I've said this before, I'm going to say it again, that this is the worst that you'll ever see me. Amen. You can look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this is the worst condition you'll ever see me. Because why? Because we're going to purpose, we're going we're gonna to make a pact. We're going to write down all of our flaws. And we're going to be good little boys from here on out. <laughs> good little girls from here on out. <laughs> no, because we're going to say, oh God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Father, I ask that you examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me, God. I don't want anything to separate me from, from your, your nature, your will, your heart, your love. That has to be the posture of our hearts, the, the posture of our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. Wow, I really summarized that in a quick way. Hallelujah. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. Hmm. Let's just start at 15, 115. We'll stick to the TPT. Because of this, since the first, since I first heard about your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your tender love towards all his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overwhelming with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers. You know, I, I love, I honor, I love, I value, and I esteem what Father did with the body of Christ. You know, it, there, there's just, there should just be such a unity and the oneness of, of hearts that are in agreement. Amen. And you can really see this. And I know that he started the church and that he was the apostle over the church. But I feel like that this heart that he's, that he's articulating, that he's talking about here, that it bears witness with my heart for the saints, for the brethren. Amen. And I love how God made us one, made us a family. Amen. So there's not like weird competition and, you know, like I'm standing up next to my brother, seeing if I'm spiritually taller. Oh, they're doing this. So I got to try to do it even better. You know what I mean? Like, that's just weird. It's not right. Amen. There's no competition with one another in the body of Christ. There shouldn't be. Amen. The only competition we have is running our own race. Beating our flesh. Putting in the submission and, and doing what God's called us to do with the grace he's given us. You know, it's awesome that we can't lose. Like, it's impossible for us to lose unless you quit and you're done. You're like, I'm done. I'm not getting back up. And that's how you die. You die in that posture and that position. Then you lost because you didn't endure to the end. But if your heart is continually towards the Father, if your heart is continually trying to be a son or a daughter and grow and be and do what he's called you to be and do, you can't lose. Amen. My heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers. Verse 17, I pray that the Father, of the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. This is such a key factor, you know, I mean... As a, as, a, as a young Christian, I was taught the Pauline prayers to, to pray these over myself and say these over myself and confess these things. And it's good. It's the word. Amen. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. But after years and years and years of doing it, I finally realized that what the Lord was trying to say is that, that God would give you the spirit and wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Like we need to be having more of a revelation and an understanding of our heavenly father because that's what it all boils down to. You know, we were talking a little bit earlier how there's a difference between acknowledging God as God, acknowledging the Lord as the Lord, and acknowledging him as father. Amen? Like there's, there's something, how many of us fathers in here, it does something to your heart when your kids have an adoration and come to you with that, with that intimacy? Amen? There's a difference between, oh, dad. Or, or there's that, you know, like girls, they're, they're, they're the ones that will really try to get you. But a revelation of the Father of glory. Amen. The spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. Deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. Oh, wow. That is the wealth, full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement. How many of you guys want your lives to be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you? This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority to the heavenly realms. And now he is ex exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is, he is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is to come. And he alone is the leader and the source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth and that which fills him who is being filled by it. Let me read that again. Verse 23. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth and that which fills him who is being filled by it. Hallelujah. Let's look at Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Real quick, I'm going to try to wrap this up. Like I said, I just want to encourage everybody tonight to have the right perspective, to be strong and healthy and grow, not to get stuck in a rut. Amen. Uh, 2P12. May grace and perfect peace cascade over you. <laughs> I like that. As you live in rich knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord, everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. Wow. <laughs> everything we could ever need for life and godliness has already been deposited in us by his divine power. That's phenomenal. For all this was lavished upon us through the rich experience of knowing him who has called us by name and invited us to come to him through a glorious manifestation of his goodness. As a result of this, he has given you magnificent promises that are beyond all price so that through the power of these tremendous promises, you can experience partnership with the divine nature by which you have escaped the corruption, the corrupt desires that are of the world. Now I'm going to flip over to the New King James real quick. Because in my Bible, when I read this as a young Christian, it messed me up in a really good way. Because I think it says four times in these first four verses, knowing him, knowing him, knowing him. 
We'll just read it again. Verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. There's once and of Jesus our Lord. As his divine power had given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Being partakers of the divine nature. Amen. You know, a lot of times we like to think of, well, I won't say we, I'll say I. When I was younger, I used to think of the divine nature as like walking around in the power gifts. Like you walk into Walmart and everybody falls out flat under the power of God because I'm, the, I got, I'm partaking of the divine nature. And that's immaturity. That's how I used to think to a certain degree, maybe a little bit, you know, exaggerated, you know. But the divine nature, character, humility, perseverance, the things that we really need to reflect him. Amen. It's through the knowledge of him. And it's not just by reading the Bible and reading a book. Amen. It's not talking about that type of knowledge. It's talking about that intimacy that you, the, the God to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Growing in intimacy with Heavenly Father. Amen. For the purpose of him ironing out all those things in our, in our hearts that are hidden. Amen. Partakers of the divine nature. You know, the, the word of God has a, a, a lot of incredible, great and precious promises. You know, and I say this out of humility and love because it needs to be said. But if there's anything that we're not experiencing that God's word has promised, it's our fault. It's not his fault because he done did. You, you can't get Jesus to come back down here and do what he done did. The, he said it's finished. Amen. You can't blame your pastors, at least not in this church. Can't blame your wife. Can't blame your kids. Amen. When we see something in God's word that that's not lining up in our lives, there is no excuse. Jesus removed every single excuse. Every single one. When he hung like this in the condition, oh my gosh, that he was in, marred beyond the sons of men, mother probably couldn't even recognize him. I'm, I'm, matter of fact, I'm sure she didn't even recognize him. Her own son. He took away all the excuses. And when we live in a posture of our heart of allowing God, of number one, surrender, because there's got to be surrender. Amen. There's got to be that, that life of like broken before him because we haven't arrived. We know, we understand we're not perfect, there's, but there's still no excuse to not be perfect. I'm going to be as, perf as close to perfect as the grace of God will get me in every situation. I don't have, there is no excuse for not. Amen. Because God's word says it. He's given us his spirit. We already know we can't do it. Amen. So we've established that. So there's a matter of you being before the Lord, broken, allowing him to examine your heart. Amen. And change whatever needs to be changed. And his grace is there to empower you. He gives grace to the humble. Amen. He empowers the people who know that they can't do it, but they know they should do it. Because when you get in there and you know you should do something, you're going to go ahead and try to wrestle this thing and figure it out yourself. Yeah, that's that's dangerous ground. Because who gets the glory? Right? Amen. So I want to cheer everybody on tonight, man. There's so many and there's things in my life. Like I said, I'm not up here polishing my Jesus badge and saying y'all need to stand on your tippy toes and see if you're as tall as I am spiritually. That's not that's not even. You know, I'm here to encourage everybody. And, and like I said, I want everybody to have the right focus, that everything has to come through our relationship with our Heavenly Father. He's our Father, and He loves us, and He's perfect. He only wants the best for us. 
We got to get to a point, I think Pastor Hannah made a statement on Sunday, to where we love his correction. You know, I've jokingly said that I'm kind of masochistic when it comes to my father's correction. I love it. Because I know that the purpose for that correction is to bring me into perfection. It's not rejection. You know, so many people maybe have, have experienced, you know, bad fathers or, or, or parents or, or uh, authority that's been abused to where, you know, they're, they're rebellious. It's really rebellion in the heart that's buried in the heart, you know, to where they're oppositional against authority and correction. You know, they get offended and stuff, you know. But when you realize that your father's perfect and that he loves you and he wants to bring you, you know, we're going to look at that scripture. We're not going to look at it now because we're wrapping up for the night. But, you know, he predestined us to be conformed to the image of Jesus. You know, it talks about in Ephesians 4 that we come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. The bar is set high. Right? I mean, he didn't say, do, do your best, little Christians. You know, we're not, all for, we're not all perfect. We're just forgiven. You know, that's not, there's no scripture for that. Amen? He's got a, there's a high call for us. And a high price was paid for us to, to be able to do that. And when we have the right perspective and we have the right relationship with him, intimacy, rich relationship, when we live a surrendered life, we can do these things that God's called us to do. I'm proof of it. I ain't no better looking, no better sounding, no better than anybody else in this room. Amen? Not at all. But I just learned to just humble myself, allow God's constant searching gaze to, to wash over me and sift anything and search me through and through. And be honest with that. I don't make excuses. Y'all will never hear me say an excuse about nothing. If I screwed up, I apologize. I'm not even going to say, oh, I'm sorry, because I ain't sorry. I made a mistake. I apologize. And God's going to show me how to fix that thing and not do it again. And we're going to grow from that. And we're going to learn from that. Everything that I've experienced since I've taken on this position and posture of, of being a son has challenged me and caused me to grow in him. Amen? I'm not the little kid that goes peeing in the corner of their bedroom. You know, and, and hiding. I seen a, I seen a post yesterday. Somebody, this is a guy. He is always posting. He's like, right, like, like, politically right, and he's all on fire right now about everything going on. <laughs> there's a picture of a kid in the pull up, and there's like a bottom drawer and a dresser open, and the dresser was like filled up with pee. <laughs> the the hidden pee drawer. He's like, that's not my pee. But. I know, it's, it's weird, man, yeah, whatever. <laughs> My point of saying that is, is when you screw up, own it. Humble yourself. Amen. Like we all, we all poop every once in a while, try to fart a little too hard and something bad happens, you know. <laughs> but when we do that spiritually, we need to ask Father God to forgive us if we've offended anybody. Amen. If we've offended anybody, we, we need to we need to ask for forgiveness there. And don't make an excuse. Don't ruin an apology with an excuse. Oh, I apologize for doing this. It was because of this. No, just apologize and say, I missed it. I screwed up. I apologize. I have no excuses. I'm learning. I'm growing. Thank you for forgiving me. I love you. Amen. A high price was paid for us to live a high calling. Amen. And it's not religious twisting your arm behind your back. Amen. That's not, nothing to do with it. It comes through relationship with him. But we have to have a, a good perspective. We have to have a strong relationship with him. And if this is good, our relationship, our intimacy here, it makes this a whole heck of a lot easier and better. Amen. Amen. Let me look at my scriptures real quick and see if there's anything else I want to hit on. Thank you guys for your enthusiasm and help. It really helps. It really helps a brother, you know, get out what's in their heart when you have people that are engaged. 
Amen. I've preached to people and it's like preaching through a brick wall. So I decided I'll just start pre preaching to brick walls so I can get used to it. <laughs> affect me. Papa Hagen used to talk about going out and preaching to the cabbage fields. I guess I'd rather preach to cabbage heads than some people sometimes. But that's it, man. Like I said, I, I love you guys, man. You know, I'm I'm grateful to be a part of this body and with everybody else here. And I've seen a lot of growth in a lot of people. I've seen a lot of growth in everybody in this ministry because that's what we do. We we reflect our perfect shepherd, Jesus. Our shepherds reflect him. Amen. And we reflect our shepherds. They're just, it, you know, leadership. It just goes down. Perfect father, perfect shepherd, the under shepherds, the, the, le the leaders, the saints. You know what I mean? Like it just, it just flows down to where it just creates a strong, healthy environment. Amen. Where there's just a, a, a hard agreement and a unity and opportunity for everybody to just be who God's called you to be. Amen. Amen. So I hope everybody's encouraged tonight.